Welcome to the Ballistic Football Podcast, where real amateurs talk real football. I'm Matt, your host and producer, and again, I am joined this evening by my good buddy, Jesse. Uh, just a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at Ballistic Footy. You can also find us on Facebook. We're on YouTube, Twitch. You can send us an email at ballisticfootball at gmail.com, or you can give us a call at 317-762-1644. Jesse, how was your weekend? That was a pretty good weekend. Feel feel good uh, right now. Feel like we got a lot of a lot of soccer related stuff to talk about with the qualifying the qualifier team being released. Yeah, so, yeah. Lots of well, lots of thoughts bubbling up. Well, and uh, you've taken to uh, sports betting a little bit recently, right? So made a little bit money on American football over the weekend, from I what did. I hear. I did. I did. It's been, it's, that's been fun. Uh, trying, trying to just ride the, the decent promos they have to start, um, since they've recently legalized it in the state. So not trying to risk too much of my own money. I don't really have a lot of that to go around. So, uh, we'll just stick with the promo stuff right now. Right. Been, yeah. That's probably good. a good disclaimer is, uh, much of what you've been betting, uh, has been through the promos and gambling is a serious thing. And so if you have a gambling addiction, call the gambling addiction hotline. We should probably preface that. And, and don't, don't bet on, uh, who do we got? Barcelona, uh, Tottenham. Um, Yeah. Unless you're betting against them, I guess. Right. Yeah. Or you may, you may, you may keep betting for them and maybe one time hit it big as their odds continue to, to that slide is away. True. That is true. I did when see something though on that topic. I saw something that they ran some model, and Barcelona is projected to win the Europa League uh, this year. So, I wonder. Ooh, you know what? I'm gonna check 538 because 538 usually has that. They they have the percentages for that. Let me see if they have Europa on there. That would be that would be pretty epic. They sure do. Do they? <laughs> they sure do. And and Barcelona right now is uh, is an eight percent favorite to win. Barcelona and Napoli are both eight percent favorites to win the Europa League. Oh, okay. So so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> there's they could come home with some kind of silverware this this season. So, something. Well, that's might be in the same boat as a United fan. I don't know. It remains to be seen. So I can't can't talk too much crap because. Their squad kind of got gutted with Messi leaving, and I feel like United should be a lot better than what it is. Yeah, I mean United's on there. Are they? Only, yeah, they're only a two percent chance. I mean everybody's on there. Man City, United, Liverpool's got less than a one percent chance. I'm assuming any team that's lost in their in their group stage game so far has a higher percentage chance, just because they have a higher percentage chance of being knocked into. Sure. Europa. Sure. Yeah, so uh, a lot of good stuff over the weekend, as you alluded to earlier. I wanted to briefly talk about a couple Friday games. Deportivo Alaves uh, took a 1-0 loss by uh, Athletic Club Bilbao, but it was Matt Miazga that actually ended up on the who scored team of the week for La Liga. So he he had a pretty good game. Uh, As it relates to... Americans elsewhere. Uh, Venezia escaped with a 1-1 draw against Cagliari after Gianluca Busio scored in the 90th minute, so that was cool to see. And then heading into Saturday, we started some of the Premier League action, and 
again, I, <laughs> I'm just kind of at a loss for words as to the United Everton game. United did not play well. Uh, they continued to struggle and they ended up escaping that match with a draw. You can definitely tell that Cristiano Ronaldo is beginning to get uh, frustrated. Uh, Anthony Martial actually had a, a pretty pretty good goal early on in the game. He started along with Cavani. Uh, I think in previous episodes, we've kind of talked about how we're not sure the longevity, I guess, of Ale in that role. But from everything I've seen this week, it looks like uh, the management in the club is doubling down on Ale. Uh, I think his assistant recently signed another maybe four-year contract. And then there were some statements out there basically showing full support for him. So pretty surprising. I'm sure that's pretty divisive amongst United fans. Uh, I did not foresee that. Again, uh, I think Ronaldo's frustration is probably characteristic of what a lot of United fans are feeling right now. And that comes down to just needing to develop a more robust strategy when it comes to playing the teams that they played. And the thing is, is they're not playing anybody super strong. I mean, a lot of their results, their lack thereof, have come from teams that are are mid-table. I guess Everton is, they're sitting pretty high in the table right now, from what I recall. But still, we're early on in the season. So those are that's my two cents on the United situation. I'm just not going to give it any more time than it than it needs until, you know, we start to see a little bit of change. But I don't know if you observed anything over the weekend in that match other than just par for the course for what we've seen up to this point. No, I mean, not in not in that match. Same things that we've talked about in previous weeks. As far as Ali is concerned, it's it's tactically he is just not putting the best team out there. Uh, the double pivot of Fred and McTominay is terrible. Yeah. I mean, there's no nice way to put it. And I think if, you know, if Pickford does anything that a Premier League keeper should do, that game ends 1-0 Everton. Uh, I don't know. Shell shot wasn't in a corner. It was, it was saveable. Yeah. Yeah. Not much, to, not much more to say on that. Uh, other results on Saturday, uh, Chelsea beat Southampton. Uh, Timo Werner finally scored a goal. <laughs> I just <laughs> wanted to highlight that. Uh, That's big news. Going into the weekend, there was, I think, some comments from him that he was getting frustrated with the lack of being played, but I think it was perfectly justified. Um, he was approaching the- Josie Altidore numbers there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know. He got in, he, he scored. What was kind of interesting to me was there, there was a red card on Southampton in that match. Ward-Prowse had a, initially a yellow card, and it ended up getting VAR reviewed and turned out to be a red. Looking at the video, uh, maybe, I don't know if you think the same or differently, I think that was a good call on, on that part. I don't know that he was intentional in connecting the way that he did, but it was definitely kind of a studs-up situation that warranted it, in my opinion, after the VAR review. Did you, or did you happen to see that one? I'm watching it right now. Okay. Yeah, it's late. Yeah, it's late and the studs are up. I don't know how you can really argue too much about that. Like I said, I don't think, I think it was just poor placement. <laughs> I think, you know, there's not much when you slide in at that angle, you're not going to be able to put your studs down. So, right. Yeah. I mean, it yeah, was... you're not going to be able to get your studs down. It kind of, it looks like his heel kind of bounces off the, off the turf a little bit and comes up, but 
I mean, all of those things are part of the the out of control, reckless, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's hard to argue against it. You're frustrated if it if it doesn't get called, and but I don't know, gray area. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I call it an orange card. I, I think it's still a red, but I've seen I've seen less, or I've seen yeah. more not given reds. So sure. Yeah, and then uh, Arsenal's back to normal form with their uh, 0-0 draw against Brighton, so good to see that. Uh, I think we, we didn't think that that streak would continue after they had that decisive defeat against Tottenham. I, no, I, and I didn't Brighton, watch that match. Brighton took it to him. I watched like some of the, the short version of that one, and, and I mean, it really seems like everything, everything is Brighton. Uh, there's not any... There wasn't anything that I think should have been, you know, nobody should have, nobody's walking away thinking, wow, we really should have won that. Um, we missed a, a great, great opportunity. Uh, I'm pulling up the stats on that one right now. And XG is 116 for Brighton, 0.34 for Arsenal. Gosh, I got, I got you quoting XG now. This I is know, great. I know. 18, <laughs> 18 chances created uh, to five. They held possession. They held total shots, chances created. I mean, all of the metrics. Where where Brighton failed, as is evidenced by the expected goals on target, is uh, they were they were zero point one six. So it was a little rough, but yeah, I mean, Arsenal got got outplayed in that game. Um, I don't know if there was anything else on the on Saturday that was noteworthy in the Prem. I don't know if you had anything else. Not not on the Prem, shifting to the Bundesliga. Uh, Gladbach beat Wolfsburg 3-1. Uh, Joe Scally nabbed a goal and uh, was named to the Who Scored Team of the Week in, in Bundesliga. So that was cool. I mean, I'm a big Joe Scally fan, so I'll talk about some disappointment in uh, U.S. Men's National Team selection later on that topic. But it was good to see him. I think that was his first senior goal uh, with with Gladbach. So just a, a good overall performance from them. Um, John Brooks started on the bench. I think came in, and we'll talk about him a little bit later because there's been some developments actually today that change his availability for these upcoming qualifiers. Um, on Sunday, uh, Tottenham bounced back with a two one win versus Villa, and part of that was helped by an own goal in the seventy first minute. So <laughs> I don't. They did. They did have a, a pretty good win. In Champions League play um, earlier in the week, I think after we recorded the day after, I think it was like a three-one win. I think Harry Kane actually had a hat trick, if I recall. I believe he did. So kind of funny. We were ragging on him the night before, and then he <laughs> he goes and scores a hat trick. Yeah, but, that, I mean that that'll happen. Sure. So I guess getting to your wheelhouse, uh, the Liverpool City match. I I watched it. I thought it was ex- extremely entertaining, particularly the second half. But you know, as a Liverpool fan, what was your take from that game? Um, the second half was great. L- loved watching the second half. The first half, first twenty minutes, twenty five minutes or so, was pretty dull, uh, back and forth, but nothing really happening. And then City just had a spell, fifteen twenty minutes of just total domination and that was that was troubling to watch but Liverpool you know kind of regrouped at halftime came back and I mean I think they created a lot of really good chances. Was James Milner a little lucky 
during that match? Definitely. Uh, definitely. <laughs> um, they should have had a free kick just outside the box. Um, yeah, I do agree with that. If yeah. that was going to be called, that was not a PK. No, it wasn't a penalty. It was it was outside the box, just outside the box, though. And, you know, Miller got a little bit lucky with that. I don't know that Foden necessarily got punished for trying to stay on his feet. He, I mean, he did slide quite a ways. I, I don't know. I think they're just trying to do that that thing where they're not calling ticky tack things, which is frustrating because anywhere else in the field they're calling that. Anywhere yeah. else they they call that and got the benefit on that one. Yeah, I actually, you know, that kind of Jesse's referring to me. I made the comment about I I thought he the ref may have penalized them for kind of sliding and then popping back up and not just laying there. It's actually a comment that I make to a lot of people that aren't true football soccer fans about the game and how often people flop. I do think there is some, I, I tell them the same thing. I think there is an aspect of referees not acknowledging when fouls actually happen when a player continues to play or that they don't, they don't go to ground. And so I think that's kind of bred this culture within the sport where it's like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to sell this or I'm going to, I'm going to fall down and make sure I get the foul or I know I'm not going to get advantage off this. So I'm just going to go straight to ground. And, and the the thing is, is they, a lot of people are like, well, that's stupid. You know, that's not done in other, in any other sport. I'm like, what do you call taking a charge in basketball? I mean, it is, it right. is the epitome of that. <laughs> well, and there's, and there's incentive in basketball to continue playing after you get fouled because you can, you can score the yeah. points. And again, an opportunity for more. Yeah, that that's not that's never going to exist in, in soccer. So there's no reason for that. And you know, when when your percentage, if you're just playing a, a percentage game, your percentages of converting and score like of scoring a goal are much higher from the penalty spot than if you're trying to you know regain balance and composure and then beat the keeper one on one. Yeah, yeah. Now those are those are good points. And yeah, I was just, Mo Salah had an incredible game. He is on fire. <laughs> I was watching that, that that second goal, and as soon as he scored it, there was there was no reaction. Because I mean, there I don't know how to celebrate that. That's one of those things that you see and you see a player do, and that I mean, that was world class. Like that goal was world class. And there's you know that's a that's a term that gets used hyperbolically. People throw it out. I don't think that's overstating a damn thing. That that was world class. Outside of that, Liverpool's midfield was shaky. Henderson, uh, Jones, and Fabinho were not really holding on the fort. And I mean, I guess against City, you can you can pretty well understand why that's that's a midfield that you're not really going to defend super strongly with three people. One of which not being really known for their defensive work rate. So yeah, I don't know. Moving moving forward, I'm okay with it. But playing against somebody like like City, and honestly, playing against somebody like Chelsea. I, I feel like he'll be pretty well outmatched throughout those midfields. Uh, if Ollie wants to play Fred and McTominay, I'm happy to keep. <laughs> I mean, any of those guys. Yeah, I'm 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 dreading a match where we play against a top four club in the Prem because I just think it's going to be an absolute route. Maybe I'll be wrong, but yeah. it's at this point it's pretty nerve wracking. So the Bruyne got got a goal. It's his first goal or assist in the Prem so far this season. Did he look good to you in that game? I feel like he's he's felt mediocre to me really this season overall. I didn't he wasn't noticeable to me. I guess bottom line, I really th- my personal opinion is I really think Sergio Aguero made him look really really good. And yeah, 
I mean, I think I think he, yeah, I think you're right. I think they played well together. I think they both made each other look good. But I think he he definitely had a connection with Aguero that there's a gap there with Jesus playing up top. You know that he's it's just kind of lacking now. Well, something that I saw was I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but his heat map was was largely on the right side, just outside the box. That's as his assists, his his shots, like a lot of that stuff came from just outside the box in the eighteen or on the right side. And in the Liverpool match, he was he played centrally and forward a lot. He was he was one of the highest ones up the pitch, and that's and that's why he ended up getting his goal. You know, he was he was in a good position to receive a ball and basically basically unmarked, just pick out a spot and and you know and. He's obviously great at doing that, at long range shooting and passing and stuff. So you know that picking out that shot didn't impress me. That wasn't outside of what I expect him to do. But the rest of the game, it just felt like you said, you know, unremarkable. I always like to highlight uh, big teams getting taken down, and PSG's been on one of those streaks recently. So they lost to Rain two nil. I wonder if Messi's regretting his decision at this point. <laughs> uh, it's just not. I think in the was it that match or in the the Premier League match earlier that week that they didn't even register a shot on target and they they had Neymar, Messi, and Mbappe all yeah, on the field. That was that was in that match. They had thirteen shots, okay. ten off target, three blocked, zero shots registered on target, and yeah, that's Messi hit the woodwork early. Pretty from depressing. A free kick. Yeah, so they're. I don't know if they're just figuring things out, if it's kind of the Galacticos situation where you're kind of takes time to get that machine up and going, but I don't know. It's it's not looking too great for them. Uh, I was just going to say I mean, basically the same thing. I I think that they'll start clicking. You know, Messi didn't have a full, full offseason, preseason, whatever you want to call it with them to kind of get things, get things clicking and, I imagine it's got to be really difficult to try and fit Mbappe, Neymar, Messi, and Di Maria on a pitch. So I, I think I think it'll come yeah. in time, and I, I'm hopeful that it does because that'd be a really like fun attacking team to watch. I want to watch them lose, but yeah, the only well, the only reason I don't care is because being sports isn't something I subscribe to, nor will I ever. So if if French football wants to be mediocre for the time yeah. being i'm good with that <laughs> yeah i mean I'm, i'll be happy to watch them hopefully make it out of the group stages and you know yeah. play somebody in one of the early rounds of the knockout get knocked out but uh it'll at least be entertaining i hope if they if it's like if it's like saturday's game sunday's game then no it won't be but right uh, elsewhere in league uh American Timothy Way picked up an assist in Lille's 2-0 win over Marseille. Uh, Conrad did not make his way off the bench during that match, so that was kind of a bummer, but uh, a good good match for at least one American, nonetheless. Also, in very important news, uh, Ballistic FC gained promotion to the 8th tier in FIFA 22, so just wanted to make sure that uh, came up clutch last night. Um, ended up snatching promotion. So you'll see us up there one of these days. Yeah. Yeah. Led by uh, old Jake and our, our new buddy, uh, Matt K. So we'll have, we'll have a few mats 
hanging around by the time it's all set. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, just, you know, obviously I'm wearing their gear. I'm a big Blue City fan. They beat New Mexico 3-1 over the weekend and uh, clinched their seventh uh, playoff berth in a row. So um, they've kind of kind of been in – they were in really good form early in the season. They kind of started to kind of flatten out a little bit. So hopefully – and it seems to be their history. They're able to build momentum going into the playoffs. So it'll be fun to see how that goes. Uh, also related to Louisville City, uh, Jonathan Gomez, one of their wingbacks, ended up. Um, it was announced. It had been rumored that it had been agreed upon for a while now that R- Real Sociedad will end up um, taking his services in the offseason. And so he's headed that way. And then I just looked up before... We hopped on here that he's been called up to the U-20 Mexico men's national team. And uh, uh, so he'll be, he's actually headed out on international duty to go play with them in Spain. So he is a dual was, national and we'll see how that saga goes. He has a long I ways to go. But just about to ask you who you thought would be more impactful going forward for the U.S. national team, him or George Bellow. Yeah, I think. I don't know. At this rate, it sounds like it'll be George. I I think it'll be interesting to see how he develops at Real Sociedad because he's been he's been very strong in USL and not to take anything away from USL, but you know that's not going to be international level caliber. Um, and right. you know he may find more opportunities in Mexico's squad. So whatever decision he ends up making, if it's not the US, I'll be bummed. But at the same time, like I can't blame a guy you know, for finding opportunities. I mean, we talked a little bit before about El Salvador and Eric Savaleta, who was also a, he played in the U.S. Men's National Team Academy. You know, opportunities are there. And so that's where he went. I mean, DeMarcus Beasley resurrected his career as a, uh, as a back playing in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know, I mean, I know Gomez has gone to Spain and stuff, but um, yeah, just, there's not a strong lineage of Mexican uh, fullbacks, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I would sooner, I'd sooner not see him go there. But I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Uh, you know, you're not going to get the the phone call from Bearhalter unless you. Uh, honestly, I don't know. You <laughs> to get the phone call. Well, we'll we'll get to that towards the towards the end of our show, talking about the roster uh, and the build up to these World Cup qualifiers. In the interim, uh, you and I have gotten the opportunity to play a little FIFA 22 since it came out Friday. I'm just curious about some of your initial reaction. Uh, <laughs> we obviously have been playing together, but yeah, I think we both share similar frustrations. So I haven't played since probably 16 or 18. I don't know. It's been it's been a minute, and. I'm glad to know the game hasn't changed at all. <laughs> I was able to pick it up and, and you know, get right back into it. Uh, just as bad as I've always been, but it's same, same for it's, me. It's I think frustrating. It, it yeah. was 17 or 18 was the last one that I played, you know, regularly and, you know, played manager mode with, with Dortmund back when Marco Royce was the on the cover. Hard to kind of oh, hard yeah. to believe that. But uh, yeah, it's I, I did buy twenty one. I played it like twice and just didn't didn't find it interesting. And then you know this one. To your point, I just feel like it's it feels like more of the same. Yeah, they spent too much time putting 
tifos and chants and all this other stuff in the game that i mean to me i don't i don't care about that stuff i just i want a fluid game i want to you know not get bumped by the ref and i mean (laughs) thankfully thankfully the ref collision is off in this one like that's not a thing and i don't know how long it has been a thing yeah but i remember when it was and so the ref would just like (laughs) pop up in the middle of the field in some random place and just impact the play yeah well, and you know, it's, we've we've been frustrated too because uh, for those of you that are familiar with the game, we've been playing pro clubs, and like you start off with just this garbage squad, and yeah. you know they can't make passes. They our goalkeeper the first couple matches was really struggling, and so it's just it's tough to play, especially when you like you play quick play with like a United or a Liverpool, you know, one of the good teams. Hey. <laughs> boys uh we're just we're just giving a recap of uh fifa 22 so that you'll be perfect for this because i know you've been playing with your uh oh, your roommates i have yeah i've been playing a little bit i picked it up yesterday for the computer oh really um, so you're gonna you're gonna join the ballistic fc pro club yes oh, you're already sure. be, you're already being recruited <laughs> yes the answer is you yes. dog yes yes of course it will of course it will will a 20 dollar mcdonald's gift card change your mind <laughs> Uh, Waterburger, maybe. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. You have Waterburger. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in. I'm in. Count me in. But I'm trash at pro clubs, so. By the by, the <laughs> way, uh, Josh, I don't know if you knew this. We're we're now live on Twitch and YouTube. Right now? Yeah, right now. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, yes. So, so all one of our followers is gonna is gonna see us. So, and that's me on I'm my right. phone right now. <laughs> like I'm visible. What? I have no idea. I don't know how to look. I don't know how it looks like with uh, with three folks. Let's find out. Probably mm. get some. Oh, nice. That's nice. Yeah, that looks. Yeah, that looks good. Oh man! So where? Go to where am I joining? This uh, is great. Oh, ballistic, right here. Yeah. Ballistic football. Twitch.tv slash ballistic football. Ballistic with two L's. Yeah, so now uh, since you're here, Josh, I kind of want to circle back to get your thoughts on the Chelsea Southampton game. Mm. We were talking earlier about uh, Jorginho's dive. Jorginho's dive. Are you serious right now? (laughs) (laughs) Are you joking my ass? (laughs) That um, that was that he did seem like look the second look at it, like how he like binds up like like clinches every muscle in his body including his b-hole he looked like a spider like, dying he did <laughs> he did he did but you know what i i don't think i've ever taken um like a boots up tackle to my achilles before to um to really judge it or compare it so you know maybe he was in excruciating pain and <laughs> had no other choice but to die like a spider. Um, but I think the red was, was warranted. We, we had the same consensus. Just as a, uh, as a frame of reference, two weeks ago, I took a studs-up tackle to the shin, and then two days later, I got another one uh, just below that in the same, like, same leg, just below it, and I still have bruising. I mean, it's probably like oh, eight man. inches of bruising. There's like the streak down the middle of it that is colorless. It's, it got... It's pretty gnarly, but gosh, the leagues there are rough. Yeah, God. it didn't feel great. So, I mean, for for those for those 
that don't know professional model football boots uh, typically have metal studs as well. Um, not all of them will be metal, but they'll have some metal studs in them. And because their their pitches are just immaculate, they're usually soft ground, which means less studs and longer. So when they yeah. make contact, it is uh, it is less surface area and more pressure. I have to imagine it's worse. Yeah, I mean it. It looked painful. I mean, just putting myself in his, in his shoes there. I mean, what was Ward Prowse even thinking in that in that challenge? I I mean, to 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 tie it up with a penalty, and I mean, arguably Southampton's best player. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. To, to lose to lose him, and he was uh, captain too. Um. I mean, to to lose him, I think it, it sealed it for Southampton. I, I mean, I was interested to see how they would play with 10 men. Um, ex- extremely happy that we pulled out the win. Yeah, they look. I mean, Chelsea looked good. Uh, those goals that they scored, the, the first two especially. And we, we kind of talked about uh, how, you know, he went into that challenge and there was no way he could get his studs down the angle that he came in. You know, so if he yeah. was going to make any contact, it was going to be bad. <laughs> to tie into the FIFA conversation, it at least uh, adds some some credibility to the realism of FIFA because defenders making tackles well after the ball gets played is is pretty commonplace in in FIFA 22s or all FIFAs. So it at least adds I some realism. In that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah same. Uh, I intentionally do that. Yes, yeah, so, so does Matt. That, that's what I was. <laughs> I can't score goals, but I can lead the team in yellow cards. So perfect. <laughs> I mean, what more can you ask for, honestly? Right. So we were we were just talking, yeah, about uh, about FIFA and some of the frustrations if if you play pro clubs, how you're kind of dealt a a crappy hand as far as your team. So really, the more people you get to play, the better off you are. And I think it took us a little while to figure out that we needed to control the the midfield if we wanted to make things work. Um, well, I mean, I'd say that, you know, being a pretty avid FIFA player myself, controlling the midfield is huge in general. It's all about how you set yourself up in that game. It's a great game. I love FIFA. I played a lot of 21 and 22 is actually a pleasant change. Really? For me. Cause we I were, we say. were just talking like, I think 17 or 18 was the last one I played. Like seriously, I bought 21, but I barely played it. And Jesse was saying similar, like you said, a sixteen maybe. Yeah, sixteen, eighteen, somewhere in there. I mean, I, I, I like how slow it plays. I think there was like a, I don't know. You guys are old, old, old like me. So, <laughs> um, did, so you guys played like FIFA fourteen or four? I think it was like fourteen going into FIFA fifteen there was like another big drastic change was like when they switched engines and, uh, and it was a huge learning curve and it slowed the game down a lot. Yeah. I can uh, remember. I think you're right. So 14 was the one where they added the, the world cup at the end, right? I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. That that sounds right. Because I remember playing that a lot longer, even after I'd bought 15, Probably for just that to have reason. the World Cup. No, just because yeah. I didn't like the new there the new change. I think. Oh, the new. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I like I like uh I like the new FIFA a lot. It has um the Nueva Mirandila Miranda. Yeah, yeah, that one. Cadiz uh, what stadium in it? 
So, oh, what did you just say? Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it has it has my team stadium in it, so I'm I'm pretty happy. How are they doing this season? I haven't really been keeping track of them much. Well, in my FIFA, <laughs> <laughs> I just started with them, so they're not doing well. Let's see. I, I've only been able to catch one game, and it, and it didn't go well. Let's see. Uh, they're 15th in La Liga right now. One win, four draws, and three losses. So as long as they don't get relegated, I'll be happy. So, How often did you go watch them when you were in Spain? Um, probably once every couple months. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a little bit of a drive, and they played in La Liga too back then. Yeah. So for three years, but they were, you know, for all three of those years, they made the playoff, the promotion playoff, and so when we were, they never got promoted. Yeah, when we were over there, I got the opportunity to see Barcelona B play Espanol's reserve side. I don't know if it's B as well, and that was cool to watch. In the in the stadium sat like. It was close enough to the Mediterranean that you could sit in the stands and see the Mediterranean out in the distance. It was really cool. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, Cadiz, uh, the stadium isn't in, like, the best part of town there. Um, it's, like, the industrial area. Um, it's really not, like, a attractive stadium at all. I mean, having, having been to the Wanda, um, where Atletico Madrid play, that's a – that's an awesome stadium, and obviously, like the tour of Stamford Bridge, like that is, that place is magical. So I imagine Old Trafford's probably pretty similar. I've never been. It'd be be cool to go. I have been to. Uh, I ha- I've seen Atletico Madrid Stadium from the outside. I've been to the Santiago Bernabeu and uh, the New Camp, and those are those are really cool. How do you guys feel about the the modernization of these stadiums? I mean, if we can touch on it quickly. Like, what do you mean? Now, if you go to a stadium, uh, it's it's screens everywhere. They're telling you, oh, get loud, make noise, do this, do that. And it's just, to me, it ruins the culture, it ruins the atmosphere, it ruins like, what I like about going and watching games. It's it's slow paced, but I'm still engaged. And I can I can enjoy the the whole experience versus like, when they take these old stadiums and they modernize them, that's what they're doing is they're putting these screens in there and they're they're. I feel like they take away the culture. They take away the atmosphere. They take away that experience and they try and give something that's more engaging, more interactive. And so like, yeah, some of these older stadiums aren't necessarily aesthetically pleasing, but I feel like I would sooner have that, have something that's a little bit outdated a little bit. That's uh, like nostalgic just, almost. Yeah. yeah but I, I'm with you. But like, it just it's part of the community too you know these stadiums yeah. are are there the community is built up around them already and so you're not driving you know like you would to go see if you want to go see the jets or the yankees play or the, the giants what the hell i'm talking different sports you have to go to new jersey they're not even new york teams like yeah. you only have one team in new york for football it's buffalo yeah like you have two new jersey teams <laughs> so like to me that's crap like i wouldn't want anything to do with that if i'm a new york fan like yeah. piss off yeah, no, I think I, I would agree with you, especially when it comes to baseball. I will never, I hate watching baseball on TV, but if somebody was, you know, I go watch it. Well, in Indianapolis and Louisville, they have triple A teams. Yeah. And you can get cheap, cheap tickets and be able to go to a game. And, and as America's pastime, you know, you just want to chill, hang out, you know, and 
it's a it's a slower paced game and i i would tend to agree with you in that they add a bunch of screens and there always has to be something going on right you know and i know it's not quite the same with with soccer because the the energy of the game kind of ebbs and flows though you know you have those kind of lulls in action and then it there's the peaks and valleys which to me makes it fun Mm um so i i would tend to agree with you it's it's similar because I mean, if I just wanted to stare at a screen the whole time, I'll stay home. Right. You know, I can get the be- I can get the best camera angles sitting on my couch and drinking beer and <laughs> you and know the eating whatever a I want. A whole lot cheaper. <laughs> right. Exactly. It, it it definitely definitely gets very uh very distracting when you have a lot of screens. You know, it's like that at like NBA games. Yeah. I will say, having experienced some pretty sketchy stadiums that I. I'm uh, I'm kind of in between on this one, like, and uh, in Sevilla where Sevilla play, um, I don't know, I don't remember where I was sitting, but it was it was pretty high up, and I could literally fall to my death like pretty easily in that stadium. Same thing with Cadi, like the stairs are so steep, and like it's it's not like sta- it's not like standing room, but in that stand itself, it's literally just like a concrete seat, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that might have changed, but you know, it, and it's and it's steep. You know, it's like a concrete staircase, and it's like yeah. going way up there. I'm all for like the and, retrofitting to to make things safer. It's it's the it's specifically the adding screens and trying to get adding screens, yeah, and like trying yeah, to like that. modernize the stadium, not in a in a safety way, but in a like, hey, let's make this more engaging for people. Like, come on, if you want to yeah. be engaged, yeah. if you're going to a game and you're not going to be engaged, don't go. Yeah. Well, that's like, that's like, bo- have you ever sat in a box? It's like, you, you just want to hang out in the box. Like, you don't even want to watch the game. You just want to enjoy the <laughs> right. box. I mean, you have, you, you have know, food, or like, you have drinks, like, and TVs <laughs> yeah, yeah. that, like Matt was and saying, TVs? give you the best angles. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so you were talking a little bit, Jesse, about the safety retrofitting. What about these standing bars? I love that it. They're, that they're putting in. I love it. Okay. I, I mean, so as long as it's, ticketed and it's monitored it should be fine safe standing became an issue because they were just letting letting people through the gate fitting as many people as they could and then you had issues just massive amounts of yeah. people pushing against oh, people yeah. in the front against fences and walls and yeah what a horrible way to go too. right those bars are going to prevent that they're going to prevent people from being able to be to to shove and and compact people yeah. um but it's it's a ticketing thing. Just issue tickets, monitor who you know, who's sitting where, or standing where. So yeah, well, no, that was a. I think that was a kind of interesting because that that's cool that Josh has uh, Josh been to some different stadiums in Spain. Just kind of, I I haven't gone to a ton, a ton of games. I can I'm honestly bummed because uh, we were. We were in Louisville, and they were playing out of the Bats Stadium, which playing on a baseball field is terrible. It actually, uh, it actually played into our favor. One playoff game, um, we were playing New York Red Bulls too, and they had a PK, I think, to tie or go ahead. And the guy went up to take it, slipped on the turf, <laughs> and shot it over. So what's that? The uh, <laughs> the John I don't know. It's, it's, what is Sorry. that the John Terry? Is John Terry the one who slipped? No, this was Louisville City. No, no, no. I mean, 
is uh, as trying to poke a little fun uh, at Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just too dense. <laughs> but now they have a they have a soccer specific stadium, and uh, Racing Louisville's playing out of it, and it's it's pretty cool. Glad the city uh, put mm. some money into that. So, oh, I'm I'm watching this. Thanks for reminding me, Jesse. <laughs> of course, of course. So we got about 10 minutes left. So I want to pivot real quick to talk about the U.S. men's national team roster. And uh, I think in order to do that, it's probably good if I just uh, bring it up. Ooh. Oh, that so, is beautiful. So um, we've got some cha- – I think it's probably important to mention there have been some changes since this was published. Uh, Tim Ream is not going to join the team. He's out injured. Um we just found out today that John Brooks will also be out due to back issues. However, Greg did not call a replacement, um, which is. Did he call one for Reem? I don't. I can't remember if he did or not. I don't think he did. That means that we have three center backs. Oh, I read. I read earlier that we had somebody was saying we still Walker have four. Walker replaced them. Okay. So. Um, you know, I'm not going to go through everybody on here. I'll say from, from my standpoint, disappointed not to see Conrad in the selection. Um, obviously, uh, a Joe Scally fan, I think it would have been cool to see him in here. So, you know, obviously we're missing, uh, Gio and, and Christian Pulisic because of, uh, injuries. So, you know, I just kind of bummed. I think there's a push by Greg to, keep that kind of old guard involved in the squad, which is why we see Brooks and Reem. Honestly, I think I think Reem kind of got shafted on the last window because I thought he played really well against El Salvador and then didn't play the rest of the window. So I would have liked to have seen him play uh, a little bit more. I think it's good to see Anthony and, and Miles Robinson in there. I enjoyed DeAndre Yedlin when he has a good game. Um, Wes McKinney will be back, so that'll be hopefully – we see him kind of step it up in, in this window. Ricardo Pepe, I, I'm excited. A little surprised at the Giasi Zardes pick, but, you know, I, I I like him as a player, um, and I think he has the potential to play really well. It'll just – we'll just see who who shows up. He's been he's been playing pretty well. So I think, yeah. that's, I think that's why he got that, that nod. Um, I'm – actually wicked sad that october 7th isn't saturday uh tell me about it probably important to mention that's a good point so they play on the 7th it's uh, 6 30 central against jamaica that's in austin texas and then i think they're on the road to play panama and then they come back uh, to columbus to round it out on the 13th against uh, Costa Rica. So we've, we've got to stop putting all of our faith in playing in Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. I, and playing in Columbus. Yeah. Oh, you're going to get Josh riled up. I feel like, I feel like they like to, they like to host big matches there. And uh, y'all been letting us down, dude. I wanted to go. I want to go to Austin, but it's on Thursday. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. It's quite unfortunate. The other thing that's kind of disappointing to me is I am I am sick of Paul Ariola getting selected. I mean, good guy, don't get me wrong, but I just think we're early enough in the in qualifiers right now that they should be bringing 
some newer guys in, trying them out and giving them opportunities. And so it's, it's just kind of a bummer. The one saving grace that Ariel has is that he has a high work rate. And so he will get back. He will track. I like, I like watching him play um, because you like seeing those guys that just keep going and going. Uh, yeah. And he'll do that. And, and, you know, so that's nice, but he just never seems to, to be able to deliver. Like he's, he has a, a ceiling, you know what I mean? His ceiling is just not quite at that level. And between Conrad and DK, uh, I, I would be happy to see either or both of them in there in place of Ariola and Zardes. Yeah. DK is another one that I yeah. think would be, be fun to see. Yeah. I'm not big on Zardes. Not big on Giassi. Who's your who's your MLS club, Josh? I don't really have one. I mean, but I guess if I had to pick, I'd probably pick the Crew. Okay, that's the only MLS game I've ever gone to was Crew in LA. Yeah, so LAFC, not the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and we got stomped. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Do you, you know, one of the things that I saw, you know, actually Jake was the one that turned me on to uh, Tier Henry did a interview with Greg Berhalter kind of asking him some tough questions about uh, uh, Jordan Peefock's another one guy's been in great form from a scoring standpoint and and Henri like was very direct like why didn't you know why didn't you pick him and he said well it's just it doesn't fit he his playing style doesn't really fit the teams that we're facing in this window my challenge with that is is at what point do you have to start bringing guys together that can perform in any situation. Cause right now you have the luxury like, okay, I want to pick these three guys for this. And I'm sure it comes together at the end, but right now you got to try out those guys in that environment to see how they do, to know who you need going into those final qualifiers where the results matter a lot. And you're getting, you're getting geared up for your squad for the world cup. So I, I kind of get sick of that, you know, well, we got to have experience so that we know what we're doing. And, you know, these guys don't fit, even though they're in great form elsewhere. Yeah, I don't really subscribe to that either. So I was talking to the other Matt about about that, and I think he had a, a really good point, and that's that Berhalter plays a lot like he's still, you know, managing in the MLS. And the teams that we're playing, they've got a lot of MLS guys. So he wants to play – you know, a system that's, that's, I mean, it honestly just feels comfortable for our opposition. I feel like bringing somebody like PFOC in would be great. Um, I, I feel like bringing somebody like Pomacall in would be great too. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I, Matt also said that he didn't, he didn't, uh, really care for a real Don. And I agree with him there. I think yeah. the U S and the U S national team has, uh, has their own version of Ole only, the dollar store version. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm just surprised he didn't pick up someone after J- John Brooks dropped. Like, no, we're going to stick with our squad. I mean, what about like Sam Vines or, you know, bring in Joe Scally and just have him there to give him the experience. You don't have to play him, but at least fill out the roster slot and give him some experience with the guys at camp, you know? I mean, the dude's playing top division in Germany. Like, you mean to oh, tell me Oh, you know, that- another... One we didn't even mention was, and I, I'm not a huge fan of him, but Matt Miazga. Yeah. I mean. I feel like he had his run, though. Yeah. I don't I mean? disagree with that, but some someone. 
well, you know, if you have to just if you have to justify like, okay, I need to replace a defender with another defender, throw Matt on there. Like, yeah, I don't even care. In all fairness, <laughs> most of these guys have already had their had their run, and they've all failed. Right. So at that point, it's it's hard to it's hard to justify why you won't give that chance back to to Miazga. Yeah, he's only made two appearances at Deportivo Alaves. Yeah, but he got a, he got team of the week, and uh, oh really? He watched team of the week, yeah, and they lost, so he must have played really well. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So. Well. Okay. I guess this. I stand corrected then. Well, and I don't. I haven't really watched him all that much, but, I you know he he has struggled. You know I don't. He's just not really clicked, and you've said it before, Josh. I mean that's he can't find a, a permanent slot. At well, Chelsea. I mean it's like that for it's like that for so many so many yeah um, young young players that that go to Chelsea. It's just a demanding environment and uh and there's some stalwarts in that team that aren't that <laughs> i mean he plays center back he's not displacing tiago silva like come on yeah, right right or antonio like rudiger christensen you know christensen had his own um lone army spell as well so yeah um he just yeah when he came back, he made his he made his mark. So it's hard to see. You know, you hate to see it with Matt Miazga in particular. I do, anyways, because he was like the first big American to come to uh, Chelsea and get a chance there. Yeah, he was supposed to be like that next big thing, and now he's running up on twenty seven next year. And do you, do you think it'll hurt not having? Because I I didn't feel like I feel like he brought some leadership onto the field and helped uh, in the first. Um, window, but Christian Pulisic, you know, are, are him and Gio not being there gonna gonna make a huge difference? You think? Um, I mean, I I I love Christian Pulisic, um, but yes, so yes, I think that will make a difference because um, I think when he steps on the field, he's the best American out there. But I mean, that's also coming from a biased opinion. I am a Chelsea fan. Um, yeah. Well, I, you're you're I'm right, also though. more so, but. Chelsea fan that I am a Christian Pulisic fan as well. So like my opinions about him may make some people unhappy. Yeah. I think there's better players at his position in the Chelsea squad, okay. which is justifies his playing time as well, in my opinion. So, yeah. I mean, he tends to deliver. He does. And, and he so does. He's, you know, I think he's a role player on Chelsea's side. He is. And, and I think he's, I think he's fantastic off the bench, but when he, when he starts, I think because of his work rate, when he starts, he's just so gassed that like he, he's not a threat anymore. So, yeah. but when he comes on in like the 60th minute or the 70th minute, he is a force. So with either him or Gio, but not having them on the on the pitch not takes them. away, yeah. you know, game changers. That's what I mean. That's what they are uh, at this. At this level, you know, not playing against Premier League competition or you know the top Bundesliga competition, it, even even there, Gio's still a game changer. Pulisic can be a game changer. Uh, yeah, you know, and so you put them into a side where they're going up against Panama. Either one of them can be game changers. You know, if if we need to break somebody down, if we're looking for that that pass, the either one of them can do that. Not having them is obviously going to take away some of that threat. I do think without Pulisic, we are probably going to play a little bit 
better as far as moving the ball around and just possessing the ball. See, that was my thing with him. And I mentioned it in the last one, though, was I felt like he hung on to the ball too much. You know, he, he needed to release more often. I just feel yeah. like he was trying to take players on 1v1 too, too much. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we, you know, you're a good player, but. I mean, he he's he's a one that's like who he is he had like the most completed dribbles in the squad yeah um, either last season or the season before yeah so. and he he does he does that at a pretty high rate even in the even in the prem so he has the ability yeah. to, to do it um i think i think you're right. i think he does it too much i think that moving the ball would because the other team is obviously going to be aware of that they know that he's the best right. the best american on the field like they're they're going to target that. So you know, moving the ball. I mean, is, and, is and moving the ball, help, but they need to be much better organized than what they were. I mean, the the games that I've seen has it's just been kind of ugly to watch. Yeah, yeah, because the the team the team organization the long balls are like it just looks unskilled in my opinion. And that's where better halter needs to do better. Who do you see as as our you know playing our eight? Because, I mean, I don't think Pulisic should be central, even in the national team. I think that he should still be wide because I feel like that's where he is best attacking players is from a wide position. And we, we like to try and play him through the middle. You said the eight? Yeah, uh, somebody that can link up um, kind of between the the defense and, and, and either pick, you know, pick that ball through or I don't know, just kind of to, to help build up that play. I mean... Honestly, like maybe Tyler Adams, like because he's see, I yeah, think, he, I, I mean he's obviously a like a defensive defensive player. I you know I don't know, I have no idea. I need to bring up the the national team squad again. Um, I mean McKinney. Oh yeah, yeah Weston would be. Yeah, I just hope he played his his match against El Salvador was rough. Yeah, like I you know what I think I think I like. Yeah, I think it's between McKinney and, and Musa. Yeah, I think those would be the two players that I would look at there, and and it's going to be Legette and Roldan who are going to be getting starts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, basically, if if I'm if I'm picking it in order, it'd probably be McKinney and then Musa Busio somewhere in that order. Yeah, you, you maybe flip flop the two and three, and and I would put I'd put Legette right there on the same level as like the the third option but he will probably get get the nod ahead of of just about everybody else so yeah but and i think that i think that's one of our weak areas and you know trying to play everything through the middle when i don't really feel like we have that yeah that kind of yeah we've always you know really struggled from a from the midfield possession standpoint we can't seem to play through it and they got to get that figured out from a long-term success standpoint i hope i hope we see an you know Good form from Pepe. Hope that continues. But I don't know. He's been been playing really well. I'll just see if that continues to translate to international duty. So, were you saying Busio? Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see what he can do. 19 years old. That's crazy. The uh, the the age on a lot of these guys is really exciting. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So much youth that is that is challenging for these spots, and that's. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I feel like that's there. There's real conversation that should be had about whether or not they, you know, they are starting in some of these games 
not just getting experience. So it's, I'm hoping that, that they get the time on the field so that then we're not having the conversation about, Oh, what, what 19 year old do we take to the world cup? And all of them. And instead it's, it's, yeah. (laughs) Instead the question is, do we take the 19 year olds or do we take one 19 year old? And do we take, you know, John Brooks? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, uh, we don't really have that depth at center back. So that's not really the issue, but I think I did see that the United States has maybe the number, make sure I say this right. The lowest average squad age of any world cup qualifying roster, you know, at least during this window, I I thought I saw that, which is pretty believable, but. And imagine if you're, if you're taking legit out. Or Ariel out and putting in Conrad or Geo. Yeah, you know, I'm I mean, really like, bummed not to see Conrad drop. That's my thing. Is I thought he, well, we'll we'll see what happens come uh, come Thursday. I hope it's not a window like we had last time, but uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see if Greg can make the the changes based off that win against Honduras that that helped them long term, and so look looking forward to that. You've been listening to the Ballistic Football Podcast, where we're really amateurs talk about football. Again, my name is Matt. You can follow us on Twitter at Ballistic Footy. You can email us at ballisticfootball at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And you can leave us a voicemail at 317-762-1644. And if it's G or PG rated, we may play it on our next episode. Still haven't gotten anything, guys. So if you're listening... Jake, call us. Yeah, Jake, call us. We, we don't know. Are you okay, Jake? We haven't seen you in a while. Please, please let us know you're okay. All right. Thanks for joining us. Have a good one.